Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So Jake Bentley chased and dropped the 15-yard line. Roquan, the chef, Smith. <laughs> Roquan Smith, he's the highlight show of this defense. In the ring, steve has got him up. A slam. Jonathan Hood, weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Welcome in hour number two of Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are live from the first Midwest Bank studio on State Street in downtown Chicago. We are here till 10 o'clock tonight. We're open for business and your phone calls at 312-332-3776. We'll talk to J.J. Stankovitz of NBC Sports Chicago. He's their Bears reporter in 10 minutes right here on ESPN 1000 for the summer of football. Each night, Jonathan brings you something pros, something college, something fantasy on the NFL, the college football scene, getting you ready for football during the summer. The summer of football will feature J.J. Stankovitz coming up in 10 minutes. Right here on ESPN 1000. Yeah. We'll talk to JJ. <laughs> I didn't is, know you were in. Normally you got broken? like a thing. No, normally you got like a thing. All right, Abdul, listen, let's we've break been, down the bears been, here. No, listen, we've been here long enough. We've been here long enough. I'll give you some breaking news here, some breaking news. It's actually not really breaking news, but uh, the <laughs> NFL Network is going. I never, uh, did you think that we'd be saying this? Let me say these words to you. Guys, as please we cut say that. Football. That was hilarious. No, listen, we've been doing this together. We've been hosting shows together for, for eight years. Eight years we've been hosting podcasts and hosting shows together. Don't you don't you kill me off Mario style, okay? If you're gonna kill me off, you're gonna do it with Sonic and Rings, okay? <laughs> Normally you yes. give your little spiel and yeah. then you go, you you ruffle your little papers like you just did. Do that again. You ruffle your little papers and you say, as we turn to the gridiron, or you say something newsworthy, like newsmanny, and then you <laughs> say something like that and you get into a topic. You get into our topic for the next, you know five minutes before we bring JJ on and we talk about the NFL for five or six minutes it's not on me to be like that's right Chris we're gonna talk football like that's not what we do I'm sorry you know man. how this works I threw you, you yeah. no you left me out there on an no, island no, I, I threw you behind the back pass and it hit you right on the forehead and bounced out of bounds I get it I understand so I, me, I give you a little razzle dazzle and you weren't able to so I'll uh, give convert. you something I'll give you something the NFL yeah. network is doing their hundred players okay. of the year right they're doing their best players of the year coming in at number three 30, they just released number 30. They're doing the top 30. Number 30 is Chicago Bear Eddie Jackson. That's pretty good. That's a well, th- listen. Did you ever think that Eddie Jackson would be a top 30 player in the entire league when he came in? Uh, the answer would be no. He was drafted in the fourth round. He had a broken, he broke his leg. Yeah. 
And, and that's why he fell to the Bears. And that's why he fell to the Bears. Roll Tide. But remember when he was at Alabama. Oh, I know. He was a stud at Alabama. Right, but you're right. The uh, injury concern is surprising. A top 30 player, a guy who was drafted in the fourth round to come in, to rebound from the injuries, to be a, one, of the, one of the best at his position, and to be one of the best players in the NFL is huge for him. We talked to Nick Saban. He talked about Eddie Jackson. And how great he was, and the story of where he came from, and his his he had a poor upbringing, and to to be at this at where he is, and he's going to get paid. He's going to get some money from the Bears, and they better pay him because he is going to be he is poised to be someone at that position for a very long time. Well, and that's the like tough situation the Bears are going to find themselves in because the reason you say you have to pay him is yeah, but right now you're not paying a quarterback. So I mean, if you pay Khalil Mack. You pay Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson. Are you going to pay a quarterback? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, will you have the money to go around for a player like Eddie Jackson? Am I pay this or quarterback do you or say, am I pay? Well, but, or do you say safety is a position that maybe we can find someone else? I don't know. I like Eddie Jackson. And did we think he would be a top 30 player in the NFL? No. no. I, I don't think even the, the most diehard Bears fan, when he was drafted, would say that this guy was going to be a top 30 player. Now that he's turned into that, that has taken the uh, explosiveness level of this defense to a whole nother level. Nick Saban was on uh, the phone with Chris Black and Am Abdal last week here on ESPN 1000. Here's what Saban had to say about Eddie Jackson and his time at Alabama. And did Saban see stardom in Jackson's future in the NFL? Well, I thought Eddie would be a really good player uh, at the next level. He's so instinctive. Uh, and he plays so smart. Uh, and... Um, it's really important to him. He has a lot of passion for the game, so he prepares well for the game. He understands what the other team's trying to do and reacts, you know, but he's got great ball skills. That's why he's a big interception guy. He was a good punt returner for us, uh, even though he doesn't have great speed. Uh, he was a great punt returner because of his instincts uh, and, you know, runnability after he catches the ball. Uh, doesn't surprise me at all. And he's got good cover skills because. He played corner for two years. He was a little speed deficient to play corner, so he moved to safety, and he was ideal. And um, just had a great career, and I'm really proud of him. And if people in Chicago really know, right, like we see guys come out of high school and they come out of bad situations and bad personal and family situations and things like that, and they, they just grow and develop. I mean, it's what college football is all about, right, and helping guys – you know, develop careers off the field to, to mature as as fine people and um, so that they have a better chance to be successful in life. You know, that's really what college football is all about. And Eddie is a great example of something, uh, a guy that has made me so proud uh, that he came through our program and he's done so well. That was Nick Saban, head coach at Alabama, talking with Chris Black and Adam Abdal last week. You can listen to the entire podcast on ESPNChicago.com and also on the ESPN app. You've got Khalil Mack locked up through 2024, right? You've got Akeem Hicks locked up through 2021. You've got Roquan Smith, who's who's turning into a stud at that position, yeah. who's a rookie last year. You've got a cornerback, too, Kyle Fuller. You've got a cornerback, Kyle, uh, Kyle Fuller. Don't you want to lock up a dude at the safety position? Oh, hold up. Think about I great do. bear safeties. But Abdallah, you have to face the harsh reality of the National Football League. Why do you think the Seahawks the last couple of years have struggled after they paid Russell Wilson? What happened? 
pieces on that defense, that great defense for the Seahawks, started to peel off because you can't afford everyone when you're paying a quarterback top dollar. And that's and why. what do you think is going to happen to the Cowboys when they decide to pay Dak Prescott a big contract? All of a sudden, the Cowboys are going to be a little bit more depleted in the future going ahead because you can't pay everybody. And that's why I think it's on Mitchell Trubisky to take a not just a small jump, but take a huge jump in the next two seasons. I don't know if he takes a huge jump this season. They may try to do something with him in the offseason, but... I would say he would need to take a huge jump because you look at what you can do and what Matt Nagy can do with a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky, who is young and raw coming out after only starting one year at North Carolina and sitting on the bench for most of his first year in the NFL. You saw what Matt Nagy can do with him in his first year. Hopefully you see more of it and and better than that this year. But if he's not the guy, you may be better off shoring up these positions and then drafting another quarterback well and that's why this season is so important uh before we get to the summer of football abdallah this hour we have three pairs of tickets to give away to the basketball tournament the semifinals on sunday august 4th at wintrust arena teams have a shot to win two million dollars in a single elimination tournament for more information go to four tickets Go to the tournament.com. So we have three pairs of tickets. We will give them away here in the 8 o'clock hour. This is how we'll do it. We will give you a chance to call later on in the hour, and we will ask for the phrase that pays, Abdallah. So tonight's Ooh, phrase, phrase that, pays. that pays. This is what you have to remember the for later tonight. The phrase that pays tonight is Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7. Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7 is the phrase that pays tonight. So later this hour, when we ask you to call at 312-332-3776, don't call now, but later this hour when we ask for you to call, callers 5, 10, and 15 will win a pair of tickets to the basketball tournament, the semifinals on Sunday, August 4th at Wintrust Arena. Jonathan Hood. What is it again? Jonathan Hood. Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7. Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7. And make sure you tell us what your favorite radio station is here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Well, the phrase that pays tonight is Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7. Don't confuse the listeners. But make sure you tell us. Make sure you tell us. Uh, Eric and Sean producing the show. Eric, when you get it, make sure you you ask them, what's their favorite radio station? See, guys, I try and set something up in a professional manner, and then here comes Abdallah with a bit. You've listened to enough FM radio to know that that's what you're supposed to do. What's your favorite radio station? Let's go to the summer of football. The summer of football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Five strikes. We're deep in their own territory. And it's picked off at the 25 yard line. Eddie Jackson. And he'll go in for the touchdown. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Standard bounds. And Barkley takes it all the way. Summer of football. Lawrence flips it open. Justin Ross off and running. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the hand up and takes off. Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Work. Right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't done yet. And the ESPN app.
Every night in the summer, Jonathan Hood brings you the summer of football. Feature on the NFL College Football Fantasy. Tonight's feature, J.J. Stankovitz from NBC Sports Chicago. He covers the Chicago Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. You can follow him on Twitter at J.J. Stankovitz. J.J., you're on with Chris and Adam. What's going on tonight? Hey, not much. I'm standing outside Brickstone here in uh, Bourbon 8. Jeff Dickerson sent his regards, but couldn't pull himself away from his uh, glass of Tito's. All right, buy buy him a Tito's. I'm blacking up doll. Please do that for us. I'll 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 Venmo you. What's your credit card info? You want to say it on air? I'll Venmo you. Come on. (laughs) Open up your Venmo and I'll send it to you. All right, JJ, if we take a look at Cam so far, only a couple days into you, what has been the uh, main storyline that you've had your eyes on to this point in camp? I mean, can I say the kickers, or are we not talking about? That? No, go ahead. Give us oh, the kickers. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, look, it, it's been a good early start for the kickers uh, between Elliot Fry and Eddie Pinheiro. They've only missed four times in three days. Uh, that is a, a an encouraging beginning to what we're you know expecting to be a pretty heated kicking competition here. You know, today the Bears practiced in the driving rain. They they didn't stop at all, and Elliot Fry still made eight of ten field goals. He, you know, the one that he missed, it was maybe a, not a great snap. Uh, you could sort of blame it on that. The second one, he just straight up fell down trying to kick a 50-yard field goal, slipped on the turf. But, uh, you know, beyond that, it's been an encouraging beginning for these guys. It's not going to win either of them a roster spot, obviously. But for all the bad kicking that we in the media have been the witnesses to over the course of rookie minicamp, OTAs, veteran minicamp, it's been sort of refreshing just to see three days of good kicking from either of these guys. And, you know, the, what's really been remarkable to me, guys, is fans down here have been so positive with both of both Elliot Fry and Eddie Pinheiro. But they, they have been behind them. You haven't seen a, you know, or heard a lot of, you know, kind of nervous murmurs from this group. Uh, it's been a really positive thing when a fan base that justifiably would be skeptical of this whole thing, but I think it just maybe all encompasses the positive vibes around the Bears down here in Bourbon A. JJ, when you take a look at the way the Bears handled the kicking situation in the offseason, I thought that they talked way too much about it, and they made too much of a big deal out of something that they could have just kind of figured out and then moved on from. But yet, once they got to camp, it seems like the approach has kind of changed where everything they're doing at camp is productive, moving in the right direction to figure this problem out. Yeah, I think that's entirely fair. I, I think the, the Bears sort of made it a a bit too much of a circus in terms of the you know what transpired with the eight kickers during rookie minicamp, and then having all those different guys on the roster afterwards. It 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 didn't feel productive, kind of like you were saying. But now you get down here to the training camp, and it does feel productive. You know, especially when you hear from Elliot Fry and Eddie Piero talking about getting one day on, one day off. So, you know, Elliot Fry knows that Saturday and Monday were his days this week, and Eddie Pinero will know that Saturday, uh, Sunday and Tuesday are his days this week before the Bears are off on Wednesday. And both of them said it, it allows them to prepare like they would be preparing to be a starting kicker in the regular season, where you're not splitting kicks with someone in practice. You're not kind of thrown off. By, well, you know, I thought I might get this kick attempt, but it went to the other guy. They're able to mentally prepare for it in a way that is productive, and I think we've started to see some of the results of that. Now, granted, if we get to the first preseason game on August 8th and, you know, say the Bears give Elliott Fry the first half and Eddie Pinero the second half and they're doinking balls off the uprights left and right, the positive vibes are going to go away really quick. But for the moment, 
it, it there hasn't been a lot of you know well the, you know you should have made this kick or why did you miss this and not respond well it's been a lot of if you did miss you went on a run after and you know I love the you know Elliot Fry saying hey I want to get this kick from sixty and then making it and then the next day Eddie Pinero being like no 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 I'm not going from sixty I'm going from sixty three because I want to be better than the other guy in this competition so it so far. You know, productive is a good word for it, but again, we are still very early in this. Question number three about the kickers is J.J. Stankovic joins Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN. Are we only 1000. doing kicker questions? Well, is that I what? mean, you said that <laughs> no, it, won't, it, it might not earn them a roster spot. Do you still believe that the the kicker for September fifth against the Packers is not on the roster? Yes, because I I would be doing my own reporting a disservice if I took four days of practice and said that's changed everything. So I still believe that the Bears are going to be all over the waiver wire. You know, you look at some of the competitions, whether it's in Cleveland with Austin Seibert going up against Greg Joseph, um, down in Tampa, maybe Cairo Santos, old friend here in Chicago, is able to win that job, and Matt Gay becomes available. There are going to be options out there. Uh, you know, even in Baltimore with you know the, the Ravens having Kyra Vedvik and thinking they can trade him because obviously Justin Tucker's not going anywhere. So while... Eddie Pinheiro and Elliot Fryer competing against each other. They're also kind of competing against the field. And I think that's a really important thing to note here, that this is the winner of this may be decided and then cut the next day because all of a sudden, you know, wow, Austin Siebert came out. We have a really good grade on him. We didn't want to use one of our five draft picks on him, but we really liked him out of Oklahoma. That is a, a, a distinct possibility, and four days does not change that. J.J. Sankovitz from NBC Sports Chicago joining Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So, J.J., from what you've seen, how has Mitch Trubisky looked to this point? Um, a little sloppy, but nothing that I'm super concerned about. Uh, you know, there have been a couple throws where you're sort of like, oh, you know, you probably should have hit that. Just like you were saying last year during you know regular season games, you probably should have hit a certain throw, but... I'm more paying attention to what players around him are saying and how it's different than what we heard last year, where a lot of what we heard last year about Mitch Trubisky was sort of blind optimism. Like we've bought into this guy and we think he can do it because we've, we've bought into him and his personality and his leadership and all those, those kind of intangible factors this year. The, the one thing that I always, I just keep going back to is a conversation I had with Chase Daniel where Chase said, you know, last year when Mitch would call out a play, he would walk up to the line of scrimmage and he would still be sort of thinking about the play. Like, you know, what is, you know, the X going to do on this play? If there, if I need to call a protection, what is that going to look like? And he wasn't really quite able to read the defense in front of him. It was more just sort of like, you know, trying to take care of yourself rather than take care of everything else on the play. And now this year that Mitch has the offense down, it's not new to him. He's seen it. He's seen how it works in practice, in games. That now he's walking up to the line of scrimmage, and he spits out the play call, and he's walking up, and he's looking at the defense. And he's wondering, okay, where is the Mike linebacker on this play? And, you know, if he's in this certain spot, what do I need to do on this play? Or, okay, you know, the safety is shading down this way, but they've shown that it's, you know, they, they try to, you know, cloud that a little bit, and the safety's going to drop back, and this spot's going to be open. There's a lot more of that now in Mitch Trubisky's game, and I think that is where you know the, the Bears' offense is going to take its greatest step. The one thing that I was a little bit concerned about down here in Bourbonnais on Sunday 
uh, during that practice, I thought Mitch took off and ran a little bit too much instead of just kind of trusting what was in front of him. Um, not to say, granted, that you can trust a whole lot that's in front of you with the Bears defense because they're so damn good. But I, that is one thing where I, I like to see Trubisky just kind of rip it a little bit more. And, you know, you can run it. You can, you know, we, we know what Mitch Trubisky's running ability is. And he can, you know, take the football down, run it, whatever he wants during the regular season. But for right now, I'd kind of like to see him just try to get some balls out. But also, too, hey, if the Bears' defense isn't giving him anything, then I guess he's probably making the right choice. Yeah, that was going to be my question to you. Is that a, a, wow, this Bears' defense is really good and they're not giving him anything? Or is that just Trubisky doubting himself still and not really knowing uh, some of the plays as he's going in there? Yeah, I'll say this. The Bears probably need to give Khalil Mack a day off because he's ruining so many plays out there right now. <laughs> I mean, it is it is amazing how, you know, last year during training camp, he obviously wasn't here and we don't get to watch practice during the regular season. Now watching him practice, it's like, I mean, it, it's almost like now you really get it of why this guy is so good because he's just in there disrupting so many plays and, you know, wanting to get these sacks and blowing plays dead and all these things that Khalil Mack does. And uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty impressive thing to watch him go about it. Uh, I, I do think that a lot of what the Bears – you know, you're seeing with Mitch Trubisky and some of the struggles maybe down here is because the Bears' defense is so good. Danny Trevathan uh, talked with us about it on Saturday. Where he said, look, like what, when Mitch comes out there against any other team, we want it to be easy for him. But right now we want to make it as hard as possible. So when he does go out there and he faces another defense that isn't as good as the Bears, it's going to be a little bit easier. How have the new running backs, David Montgomery and Mike Davis, looked in the passing game? Mike Davis has looked really good in the passing game. Um, I know everyone's probably expecting me to talk about how good David Montgomery has looked in the passing game, but it's been Mike Davis who stood out so far in that. Um, today in practice, we saw him kind of body up Danny Trevathan, really good route. Trevathan was all over him. He made a really tough, contested catch in the end zone. Uh, you know, David Montgomery, it's still it's coming along. There's nothing to be worried about with him. But you know, he did say on Sunday that the whole route running thing and the routes the Bears are expecting him to learn and be good at are, is new to him. So it's going to be a, a bit of a process for David Montgomery, but Mike Davis has already done it. He's done it in the NFL for a couple of years now, especially with the Seahawks last year. And I, I do think right now Mike Davis is ahead of David Montgomery, but I also think that by week eight or nine, David Montgomery will be ahead of Mike Davis. Thank you, J.J. We appreciate it. Now go double down on some Tito's with J.D., okay? Anytime. And, hey, Adam, real quick, uh, I had a guy suggest to me on Twitter that Sergio Aguero should be the Bears kicker, and I fully support that as his next career move. <laughs> yeah, after, like, three more years. Four uh, more yeah, years, baby. Was, Come on. They ran him into the ground. No, they, they, they should send him to the ground. Right? He's fine. Listen, Send them over. I'm coming for the quadruple or what are the treble again? Listen, I don't have time that. for yeah. Sergio Aguero to leave it. After that happens, after that happens, yeah, then, then you can have him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, JJ. Right, we appreciate guys. it, man. That's JJ Stankovitz from NBC Sports Chicago. He's their Bears reporter, and you can follow JJ on Twitter at JJ Stankovitz. Matt Nagy, Bears head coach, next. Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. And we, we talk about it in our team meetings. This city and these fans are special, and you feel it. And um, the support that, and the backing that we have uh, is is just so powerful. It, it helps. It juices you up a little bit. 
and it makes you just want to you know do so well for every and play play so well for these fans and um, it's what they deserve and but again just to re, I keep reminding our players and our coaches again we have not done anything yet. Chris Blake and Adam Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. All right, Abdallah. It's time now for the phrase that pays. You can call 312-332-3776. If your caller is 5, 10, and 15 at 312-332-3776, you win a pair of tickets to the basketball tournament, the semifinals on Sunday, August 4th at Wintrust Arena. Teams have a shot to win $2 million in a single elimination tournament. For more information and tickets, go to thetournament.com. Do you know the phrase that pays? If you do, you can win the tickets 5, 10, and, 20, and 15 right here on ESPN 1000. Chris Buckingham, Abdallah singing in for Jonathan Hood today and earlier today on the station with Carmen and Yurko. Matt Nagy got a chance to join the guys for a conversation. Here's the coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy with Carmen and Yurko. Uh, Matt Nagy's walking up right now, the head coach of the Chicago Large Bears. Large hands on a Matt Nagy. I'm going to let coach. you know that right oh, now. Yeah. Well, you can't be a quarterback he without He just uh, almost enveloped my hand. Got much. rid of my crusty little fingers right there. He's, uh, you got an arm, man. I saw you threw out the first pitch at the Sox game recently, at the Cubs game. Now, I heard, and I think you were talking to Rich Eisen, and you said that, you know, you obviously you have a baseball background. You played, what, until into high school, right? Yeah, I did. I stopped playing my junior year. Junior I should have played. Did you just why? Because you wanted to focus all football. Is that yeah, why? Yeah, I, I was all football. I listened to uh, all those people say you, you got to play one or two. Got to specialize. Oh, got to specialize. But, uh, yeah, but the arm's right. good, man. Like, and here's the thing, though. At the Sox game, I could have swore the radar gun said like 97 or something. That's what I thought too. We were like, "What? Are you kidding?" And then the Cubs game, it said like 68. Yeah, what that happened? was that was a fluke. It was more like 86. <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still got a pretty good gun, man. That's good. <laughs> I try. Thanks for coming by. We appreciate it. I know uh, you also took a little flack over the Cubs thing. You were you've been very funny about it. You joked with Rich Eisen about it. It was all it was all the accent, right? The peanuts thing was just the accent, right? Totally. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. And it, it's uh, it was all you know. Once they uh, they told me, and you, everybody in the media started hammering hammering me on it. Yeah. Uh, I knew right away. I said, you know what? I shouldn't. Have said, I should have <laughs> knew. We had a forensic speech uh, speech pathologist work on that over and over. He heard a T in there. It was very faint. It was very faint, but it was in there. Yeah. yeah we, that's right. We were just reminiscing a little as you were coming up. It was back in 2010. When uh, the Blackhawks were playing the Flyers in the Stanley Cup, and it's June, and we're doing our show there. Yurko played when Andy Reed played for the Packers when Andy was there. He's got a great relationship, and Coach Reed invites us to practice one day when you guys were doing OTAs in 2010. You're like a coach's assistant in Philadelphia. Uh, all these years later, here you are. You get to coach against Andy Reed this year. I know you guys really can't look ahead, and that game's way down the road, but. The home schedule is awesome this year, and uh, I, th- I would imagine that when you saw that, you got to know it's going to be kind of cool when you get to coach against Andy Reid. Yeah, that's going to be special. I was able to do it last year in the preseason, yeah, pre-season. but just a little bit different. So yeah. th- this year, ho- hopefully uh, by that time, um, you know we're both doing well and, and injury free and able to uh, to have some fun. I know we'll we'll uh, you know we just have so much respect for each other. That's who I learned from. And like you said, 2010, I was just getting started. Yeah, yeah I mean you, you talked pretty glowingly about the kind of support that Bears fans were giving you guys last year in the second half of the season. The air raid sirens and all that. The turnout this weekend, I think it was north of 17,000, which is pretty incredible. Rainy Monday, you guys still had a great crowd. You can really feel that this is sort of 
built from where you guys were a year ago to today, can't you? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, even from last year, our first year, not everybody knew exactly what we were building culture-wise or team-wise. And, and now this year, you know, everybody was able to see, we were able to see as coaches and players put together one good year. And um, we've been saying it all along, it's not good enough, but it starts with, with the crowd and with the fans and them coming out here to Bourbon A to support us is pretty neat. I uh, had the pleasure of watching the relationship between Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren and Steve Mariucci and the way that was all working and the development from him being a quarterback trying to figure it out to a quarterback that suddenly uh, was the NFL MVP. Where are you with your quarterback right now as far as how much command of the system he has, um, how much leeway you can give him, how comfortable you are with just expanding the whole playbook and letting him go to work? Yeah, we're in a good spot right now. We're not where we're going to be here. Um, I don't know if we ever will be because we're always trying to grow. But Mitchell's done a great job at, at really grasping this offense and understanding that it does take time. Last year, he was so focused on just making sure that our own offensive players were, were uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage, splits, alignments, adjustments, motion shifts. Now we're focusing more on level two with the defense and, and we're, where we see that develop. He's done a really good job at it. Um, you know, time will tell here this year as we go, but I, I really like where he's at and I just appreciate how much of a student of the game he is. We talk about read and recognize, yeah. recognition out right. there what you see and then they're going to change it on you right before the snap they're yep. going to show you something they're going to take it away uh, are we talking about just being able to look at keys that he sees where maybe a safety's cheating it one way or the other a little bit of both and then how that affects it is too our, our wide receivers their routes get adjusted by different coverages that they that we all see and so um, you have to be synchronized. You want to be on the same page. That comes with experience. We got those games last year with Mitch. And uh, and now, you know, every rep we get in practice and as we go here, it's just only going to help him. For a quarterback to truly take that, like, that jump or to go to that next level, Coach, does he have to be able to see the defense and analyze it and know, does he have to be like a three-read quarterback to truly be great? You should. Um, you know, a lot of these great quarterbacks in this league right now, they've been in this league for a long time, and they've had a lot of experience. And what they've been able to do is see a lot of different defenses. And, you know, I think Tom Brady said it last year. He mentioned that, uh, you know, there's not a defense that has been thrown to him that he hasn't seen right. yet. Well, what that allows you to do is anticipate your throws, which is you're going to throw, uh, you know, throw the guy open, essentially. And it just makes everything go a lot smoother. And, and that's where ultimately we want to get with Mitch. What's the uh, offensive... Uh, uh, addition that's got you most excited for 2019? There's a bunch, to tell you the truth. Um, in general, I look at the running back position, you know, with uh, with Mike Davis and, and David Montgomery added to the mix with some other young guys as well. You look at a guy like Cordero Patterson and, you know, just coming from a Super Bowl team and, and seeing how they did it and ways that we want to use them. Uh, our wide receivers getting Allen Robinson for a full year now and then in training camp just working on that timing. And I think we're really deep at wide out. So that, that part's really exciting. How nice is it to have the flexibility with Cordell Patterson? He could be your fifth running back, sixth running back on Sunday. He could be your fifth wide receiver, sixth wide receiver on Sunday. It does provide you with some tremendous flexibility. For sure. You, like you said, he's, he's, uh, he's versatile in what he can do. Um, and so we're just trying to figure out what's the best thing for us in this offense uh, to use him. And we don't want to overload him, but uh, anytime he's on the field, the defense has to know where he's at. And when, the more of those type of people you have in your offense, the better you're going to do. I think Anthony Miller last year was absolutely fantastic as far as 
it's hard to play wide receiver with one arm. And yeah. what he had going on with that shoulder was not an easy situation. And so he basically did everything one-armed. He's going to be two-armed this year. It's going to be healthy for him on the way in. How much more of an improvement are you looking to see out of Anthony Miller? Well, a lot. And I think uh, for him, he has all the physical attributes to be really good in this league. Very, very talented. Um, and he knows it. He'll let you know. You know, he, like, he has some confidence. <laughs> Seems but, like it. But the mental side of it for him is going to be his biggest challenge, which he's tackled so far. He's done really well with that. Um, and so we're, right now we're in, a, we're in a place in camp where the volume's starting to pick up. And he's handled it well, and it's just going to continue. Matt Nagy's our guest. It's Carmen and Yurko. We are live at Bears training camp. For an offensive guy like you, I mean, how exciting is it to have a player like Tariq Cohen? And, you know, Yurko and I say he's a gadget guy. We don't, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but he's so versatile, and you really used him in a lot of different ways last year. When your mind gets going and you start thinking about offense, do you just find yourself constantly thinking, I could use him this way, this way, this way, and there's a whole bunch more that we're going to see in 2019 that we didn't see last year? Yeah, most likely. Um, without giving away too many details, it, it is you're at a position with a guy that can handle a lot of volume. And, and that doesn't always mean that every time he's in there, he gets the ball. There's times where he may not get the ball, uh, but he opened up somebody else because he took two defenders with him. That's all a part of the, the, the chess match as coaches and with matchups, which I think is so big in this league. And um, so when he's out there, we, we, we want to use him as much as we can. We don't want to overdo it, though, volume-wise. And then, then you're taken away from the player. So um, we're... we're, we're we like where we're at, yeah. and we look forward to what he's about to do. If you play him in the backfield with Davis or Montgomery, do teams then consider him a wide receiver, or do they still consider him a running back? Did or you, does it just dictate what the personnel is going to be out there? Sure. Did you say with or with yes. or, or or both of them? With uh, both of yeah. them being on the on the field at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it, it depends. It, it depends. Uh, I think uh, every team is a little bit different. You know, some might look at him as more of a wide receiver in a particular situation, first, second down, third down uh, scenario. Uh, they may look at him as a running back, and I think that's what that's what's so great for us is is uh, we just got to use him how we want to use him in that play, and then however the dic- uh, the uh, defense uses him and dictates what they do. Your team seems to have a lot of confidence, and that's a great thing. I'm mean, especially this defense, like as a coach. Do you guys, and as a staff, do you sometimes have to sort of drill? Hey, we still have to be humble. We got to remember what we're what we're going for here. We got to remember we lost the one and only mm-hmm. playoff game last year. Confidence is great, but is it your job to make sure that it doesn't get out of control? Without a doubt, that's my number one job, and I feel like that's one of my strengths. Is I have a good pulse on the players right now. Um, they understand where, where I'm coming from as the head coach and how these other coaches are. We're not looking ahead, and we've made it loud and clear that we're we're happy with what we did last year. But we didn't we didn't really win anything. You know, we didn't even win a playoff game. So we made it to the playoffs, but certainly not good enough. We have so many people backing us, and and the goal is to win the Super Bowl. But you can't win the Super Bowl if you don't win game one. Right. This kicking situation is driving me crazy. <laughs> All of us. I mean, a, a kicker is to be seen and not heard. A kicker, do you even let him on the flights home? I'm just trying to understand exactly. It's dry, the, the square footage or the, square, the, the ink and the space allowed in the papers to talk about these kickers. Are you hoping somebody just establishes himself and you can move on from this thing? Yeah, of course. We, we want to, we understand and recognize um, how big of a, you know, position that is that's somebody that's scoring points for you every time they're on the field whether it's you know um with a field goal or an extra point and so far we've come out here the last few days and these guys have competed and they've done really well i'm proud of them for 
doing that. They know that they have to do that. And what better way to do it than out here in front of all the fans who care so much, but yet are know that they're creating pressure with our kickers already. The, the kickers know they got to make it. And so uh, I just think it was pretty neat to see, like you said, all the fans are. It was you could hear it's a pin insane, drop. Right? They were just so focused at whether or not these kicks are being made. And so uh, they the, the the guys know it, and, and I love it. So are they uh, going? taking turns each day is that right like is that common or is that something psychological maybe that you're trying to throw at these guys to see how they no, respond to it it nothing of nothing about it is psychological it's all about just getting in a rhythm okay. so they're going to alternate every every day each, each guy will go every other day and um, we don't care about elements we don't care uh, about the situation of practice where it's at that guy has that day and i you know i referenced it to like a free throw shooting contest when you have 10 people in there and you only get to shoot one three throw free throw and if you miss it you're knocked out well instead of just shooting 10 in a row and getting in a rhythm now these guys are in a rhythm and i think you're seeing some of that too as they're they're making a lot of these kicks in practice i know you guys can't divulge too much about what's going to happen in the preseason but uh, you had the one extra game last year so maybe that was uh, sort of different how you mapped out your road over those uh, six weeks you've got the four this year should we anticipate that it looks kind of similar though that you're just going to try to protect your guys and we won't see starters a whole heck of a lot in the preseason um, it's probably safe to say that. <laughs> we that really, was, that we was were, unique last year. We, we, we were stunned. I'm like, what in the hell is Nagy <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing here? Yeah. Yurko goes back to a day when I thought this Trubisky needs experience. He's a guy that doesn't have it, and he's not getting it. I was, oh, you're they, driving they, me crazy. <laughs> he goes back to when they beat on each other for six weeks, which is kind of silly. But we were, all, silly. we were all stunned. We debated it a lot. Like, why would they mm-hmm. not play in the third preseason game? Now, you guys were healthy, knock on wood. Uh, you won the division, so... You get to puff out your chest a little. I mean, it looked right, and it was a, was that like a calculated thing? Were you ever worried about that at all, or were you confident in the way you were playing it? No, honestly, guys, I, I really, I mean, I, I respect everything that y'all do, and I respect our fans. Um, I just, I have to do what's best for our team, and um, it's not just a, a spur of the moment decision. You think it through, and you think about the why part. Not everybody's going to agree. That's okay. We right. we get that, and people aren't going to agree how we go about doing things this year. However, that may be, but that that's everywhere you go we just need to focus on what we think is best and then um when we do that put the plan in action and roll and i just think like you said we ended up winning a division we had success so maybe there's not as much fallback but we just believed in that and then we explained it to the players the why part this is why we're doing it and uh as long as they understand and they 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 realize what we're doing then we're okay we've had you for about 13 minutes and we've talked nothing but offense and philosophy and this and that we got to focus on the defense a little bit (laughs) I mean, there's really no concerns about the defense. You basically got everybody coming back. Ha-ha's a little bit banged up. You've got a new slot corner. But otherwise, everybody is here. Everybody's in camp. Everybody's having a good time. So Chuck's got, you know, a a full slate of activity and a a bunch of healthy guys. What's this defense going to look like this year? Well, it'll be a little bit different, um, hopefully in a good way. We have so much respect. I have so much respect for Vic and what he did over the years with this defense. He built it up and and got them to a great spot, got a promotion, got the head job. But that's part of life. And so now Chuck comes in here, and number one, what he does is builds relationships with these players off the field, and then that trust picks up so that when they get on the field, they roll. And right now, 
guys just in the last three days of seeing what we're doing and how these guys are running around you know i feel really good about where we're at the guys credit to the players for just taking it all in and listening to the schemes that we have and not every play is going to be perfect every now and then coach pagano might make a, a bad play call just like i do on offense but then that's their job to pick it up and learn and just as offense we had to we needed some time to build that library they're going to take some time but hopefully we're just gradually getting better every week as the head coach you're responsible for everything but do Will Chuck this year and did Vic last year have a, a certain level of autonomy to kind of operate things the way they see fit because they have so much experience in this league? For sure. I, I stay away. Uh, when I say that, I don't, you know, the X's and O's part, I'll stay 30,000 feet up, you know, above <laughs> the trees, and I'll give them big picture of what I think, what I see. Um, but I let them do their job. That's why they, that's why we hired them is to be the defensive coordinator and and put their own stamp on it. And and as as uh, you know, I just believe in is I say it all the time. Be you. I, why would I ever come in here and tell Chuck to do something different than what he believes in? And and as long as he knows that he has our support, in the end, we'll be good. The story about BU is great, by the way. And I think you maybe were on with Waddle and Sylvie in the offseason, our afternoon show, and you talked about it. But for people that don't know, I mean, I think everybody knows it's on your card. But that, like the the origins of that, the genesis of that was just it was something your son said to you, right? But when you were coming to interview here, yeah. The short story of it is basically, you know, we had a tough loss in Kansas City to the Titans, and on my drive home, my son was concerned if I was still going to get an interview or not with the with the Bears and the Colts, and uh, I I told him that I was, and he said no, 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 and then you know during it, he said he just reminded me, he said, Dad, just just be you in the interview if you be if you're just yourself you'll get the job and and uh it just it stuck with me and everything you do and that was that that was matt Nagy on with carmen and yurko you can hear carmen and yurko every day from 12 to 2 right here on espn 1000 i'm chris black with adam abdallah singing from jonathan hood tonight on under the hood and congrats to terry stacy and lawrence they all knew what the phrase that pays is tonight and the phrase is Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7. All three win a pair of tickets to the basketball tournament. The semifinals on Sunday, August, 4, uh, August 4th at Wintrust Arena. Teams have a shot to win $2 million in a single elimination tournament. For more information and tickets, go to thetournament.com. Did they tell you what the favorite radio station was, Eric? Did they say what your favorite radio station was? They did. He's giving me the thumbs up. He's giving me the thumbs up because... <laughs> I caught I caught Eric mid dip. <laughs> I was giving you the break sign is what I was doing. Pardon the expression on that one. Black and Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood on ESPN one thousand. What? Black and Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood tonight on ESPN one thousand and the ESPN app. Adam, what if I told you NFL win totals before the season actually can help predict who actually makes the playoffs in the NFL? I would tell you that I saw that article on The Athletic. Ah, and we will talk about that coming up next right here on ESPN 1000. Oh, what?